Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Thanks for downloading this time what it's like being freelance for art director Sam Clark-Hall. Do something that you love, to do something that you would do even if you weren't getting paid. I've never had a full-time job. I've always been freelance. We based our lifestyle on, on one of us working when we decided to have children. So now that we're both working, we, we reap the benefits in that. Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're good as ever. Check out beingfreelance.com for all of the episodes and show notes, key takeaway points from this and useful links and stuff like that. Also, links to how you can subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. We're also on Twitter at Being Freelance. But let's crack on and chat to Sam Clark. Oh, hey, Sam. Hi, Steve. Hello. So before we get into like what it's like being freelance for you, you're an art director can you just tell us what that means? Because, you know, photographer, we know what that means. Web designer, we can figure it out. But what's an art director? Okay, so um, as an art director, I work in um, film, TV and commercials. And I am the person that is in charge of the set. So the set design and the choosing the props, choosing the wall colours, choosing the cushions. Yeah, everything that you see on the set, that's that's the department that I'm in charge of. I love that because we when we're watching these things, we never think that somebody actually had to create all of that. Like, okay, if it's Hogwarts, then you figure it's not real. But even if you're just watching somebody in their own house, none of it's real. Yeah, everything that's in that frame has been put there deliberately for a reason. <laughs> Sometimes for a reason. So how, how long have you been doing that? Well, I wanted to do it from the age of 15. I wanted to work in the art department. And so I went to university and did a TV degree, um, which didn't have any kind of art department training there. <laughs> uh, but I did work on lots of people's short films and uh, and kind of made myself a little art department person there. And then I got a job as a runner on a film. And then you do, I just worked my way up through the uh, through the department as a runner, assistant, graphic designer, standby art director, art director, and then eventually uh, production designer. Oh wow! And, well, <laughs> clearly, that's a truncated thing. How long did that actually take? It probably took me eight years to get to art director, but now um, I've been doing it for eight years as art director. Is it fair to say that, like the TV industry? Being freelance is just kind of the given. It's kind of what you do. I think since I've been working, it has been very much freelance industry. I've never had a full-time job. I've always been freelance. Wow. So, yeah, so that, I think my longest contract was nine months, and that was on a, a sort of long-running drama, um, and that was years ago. But, no, I, I apart from having a sort of full-time job at the BBC, which I don't think is that common anymore anyway. Um, no, everyone's freelance. It's just a freelance world, really. So how do you go about finding those clients? Well, when I was working in TV, because now, just to explain, I do mainly commercials, um, which was maybe five years ago, a bit of a career change of direction for me anyway, because I'd done films and drama up to that point. And then I had two children uh, and then thought I'll never work again I can't I couldn't imagine how I'd get back into it uh, and then I kind of got a, a lucky phone call out of the blue somebody asking me if I could come and do a job uh, and that was a job on a commercial and I met that bunch of people there then it's just it's sort it's sort of networking but it's, you know someone knows you they you know you've done a nice job for them then they'll recommend you to somebody else it, I don't really go out to find people people just you know refer you to jobs basically your reputation brings them to you 
that must be what it is so you do a kick-ass job for somebody you deliver on the way you're meant to do you're nice to work with and then somebody else recommends you further along the line and it keeps a knock-on that is yeah that's basically how it works or if you know I've got a, a sort of network of people who are my peers now and if they can't do a job they'll put me forward knowing that you know oh, right. their job won't be lost forever <laughs> but then it's yeah it's it's basically a kind of uh web effect where you do you you meet people they refer you and and uh, you meet nice people from that so. so you so it sounds great so you're able to do the commercial work because presumably that's shorter so it fits yeah. in with your your family life yeah it's much shorter i mean the longest shoot i've done on a commercial has been a, a probably seven days uh and then for that i might get seven days prep but mainly they're one or two day shoots and th- that would be a week's prep for me uh and then i finish that job and I'm back to being mummy until someone else phones me. So it's, it, it's about as part-time as you can get. But when I am working, it's full on and I'm out the door at six o'clock in the morning and I might not get back till 11 at night. So how do you work that? Have you just got like a super nanny on speed dial? We have a really super uh, childminder who lives on the next road uh, ah. and she is happy for us to have her on an ad hoc basis um so yeah we just if i need her i see if she's available if not we've got another lady a backup lady who's really good as well um or you get on the phone you say do you need any really young extras <laughs> i've tried that before but uh, <laughs> but no one yeah i don't know why they're beautiful you look, look at you <laughs> and go, i mean i could dress them up as cushions you wouldn't know that hide them inside a beanbag you'd never notice they'd be really noisy bouncy cushions <laughs> <laughs> so how did you balance that out of interest because um being freelance, presumably it took a lot of planning financially when you decided to have children because the state's not going to back you up so much. Or did you think, ah, oh, look, we'll make do? It was very much not, not a planned scenario. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a lovely surprise um, for all of us. My husband is also freelance, so and he's never had a proper job either. Uh, <laughs> I come from a long line of people who've never had a proper job because my parents both freelance too. So we'd had that kind of um, model oh, that right. you can make a family work in a kind of, you know, it's yeah, we, we, we've got a very kind of normal family. <laughs> um, but it does mean sometimes that both of us would be like unemployed um, in uh, inverted commas for like three weeks or something like that. And then we both kind of just disappear off the radar at the school gate for another three weeks. Then we're back again. So um, did we plan? We didn't, we really didn't plan um, how it was going to work when I found out I was going to have a baby, but I was quite keen to be at home for a while. So I did effectively give up work for, um, well, it was about a year and a half, and I did two small jobs when Zach was my first child, when he was um, a baby. I did two jobs that were design jobs. So if they'd have just been, you know, not design jobs, if I'd been doing standby art directing or something like that, I wouldn't have done them. But they were an opportunity, and I felt that it was something I needed to do, you know, for the long game. Uh, so I did those two jobs. They were very small um, TV things, but I think it gave me – um, something to show people, I suppose, and a bit of more experience. So that was a good experience to do those things really hard at the time because leaving a little baby um, for, it was only three weeks, but it felt like forever. <laughs> leaving him at home uh, with a with a childminder, that was really, really hard. Um, 
obviously I came back at night. It wasn't for, didn't just disappear for three weeks. Um, and uh, I've forgotten what the question was. Well, it, it, it was kind of about that that planning, but it oh, sounds yes. like you 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 just you genuinely didn't. Although even no. then, I suppose you, you've got a number of months, uh, such as the human uh, way, to, in yeah. which to to figure out what you're gonna do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I worked up until I was eight months pregnant first time round, and then we agreed we we based our life on one salary. We decided that we were going to buy a house, and we. Um, based that mortgage repayment on what was what we could afford on Mark's salary. And really at one point we'd never thought I'd go back to work in that role. I might retrain and do something else. Um, but we, you know, I was off work for the best part of three years really. And then after Esme just turned one, she's my uh, youngest child. Uh, that's when I got this phone call saying, could you come and do some styling on, on this commercial over a weekend and I was like oh yeah that would be really handy because then I'd have to get childcare. so I agreed to it and then they phoned me and said actually it's going to be four days during the week could you and I was like okay I've agreed to it now so I'll do it <laughs> anyway uh, and then it just went on from there I just you know they kept asking me back I've worked solidly now for uh, about five years now what's the um, biggest challenge of being freelance for you it's the it probably is the childcare um and the the juggling of family like being organized in family life and the children not feeling disrupted and i don't think they do we've we tr- worked quite hard to have the same um nannies or au pairs or whatever you want to call them we've worked hard to have the same people so it's not random people just sort of turning up and looking after them um it's quite tiring sometimes because I try and do it so I can pick them up from school. But then that will shove my workload till the evening after they've gone to bed. So sometimes I might be working until midnight because I've taken that little bit of time off to see the, the kids and um, get them to their various clubs and activities. Um, so I suppose the balance of, of having a, a, a sort of stable home life for the children uh, and doing a really good job for the people that I'm working for mm. um, so that, you know, I, I come across as, um, I suppose some people say, some people say to me that they, they don't realise that I've got children because I try and, you know, be uh, as professional as I can and people don't need to know about my childcare concerns <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when I'm at work. <laughs> <laughs> so actually one of, because that also sounds like one of the biggest benefits as as well, you know, rather than having a nine to five, you're able to be really flexible. Yeah. But it does also make it a challenge. And h- how does it work with what you do? Do you get uh, like loads of notice? I guess people are planning these sort of things long in advance in TV or commercials or stuff. They don't just happen. No, it's very much very, very short lead times for things. I might be uh, sort of gainfully unemployed for a week and think oh good I can paint the spare room now or I can get that done or you know get all the things I haven't had had any time to do I can sort of plan something and then all of a sudden someone will phone me on four o'clock on a Thursday afternoon and say we've got this thing we're shooting on Wednesday we've got two days prep can you come and see us tomorrow morning and I'll be like yes (laughs) that's fine phone the babysitter you know, and I'll be there at 9.30 for the meeting and then it'd be, um, you know, three days work and then we're filming. So it can be very, very, very last minute. I mean, like, I've had people phone me up saying we're shooting tomorrow and we need these props tomorrow. 
and uh, you know if I could do it I do it and if I can't then I just sort of refer them to someone else that might be able to help them um, but it's very last minute sometimes you rarely get um, you know much prep time it never ever seems to be enough <laughs> how do you cope with the planning of that or is that part of the fun that's mm, fun might be stretching it because it can be but that but also that's how we live that is how we live so it is you know you can't ever we can't ever book a holiday at easter we never we never book holidays um so we always tend to go on like a last minute really expensive holiday <laughs> um, if 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 we, we we might just sort of suddenly go hang on it's the it's half term next week and we're both off and we go all right let's do something let's go you know, to Scotland or, you know, go and visit relatives or something like that. But we can't plan things um, in advance, really. The, uh, it was Esme's birthday a couple of um, months ago and uh, I didn't have any work. So I planned a sort of big 30 child party on a Saturday and then got a phone call saying, could you come to Wales with uh, shooting for two days uh, and then driving back on Saturday morning? And I said... Yes, because I hadn't worked for a while. So I said, yeah, of course I can do that. And I left Wales at four in the morning, drove back, got back to South London, um, walked through the door and just said, right, where are the party bags? And started filling the party bags oh up God. and then went to the party. And we, you know, we had the, we had the big frozen theme party. Uh, so it's, you know, you, we don't plan things very much in advance and it can feel a bit chaotic. Hopefully it's not too chaotic for the children hopefully they're not they don't feel like it's too chaotic for them no that sounds cool <laughs> yeah. man i'm jealous i want to go to the frozen theme party oh yeah it was good it was fun <laughs> well it's interesting because you said about um the fact that your parents i think you said were f- f- like as in you've grown up taking on that self-employed kind of yes absolutely um very much that you know they have uh a very strong work ethic so they would be leaving to go to work at six in the morning coming back really late at night and working at the weekends so the way they work kind of rubbed off on you or inspired you or yeah I think it definitely inspired me to have a, a good work ethic um but to also gave me the inspiration to do something that you love to do something that you would do even if you weren't getting paid so that's basically what I think I've managed to do is you know, I work with people that if I wasn't being paid to work to be with them, I'd probably be hanging out with them anyway. And I'm doing something that um, if you weren't paying me, I'd be quite happy to be doing for fun anyway. So it's they they gave me that uh, inspiration to just get find something that you love and get paid for it. So I guess having your parents doing it and the fact that you've been doing it, you know, straight out of university, you've probably found dealing with the financial side of it just mm. the norm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, completely. I think, again, that's probably came from my dad giving me financial advice. Uh, I, as soon as I started getting paid, just put enough, you know, more than I needed to one side for my tax and then a little more than I needed to one side for, for my rent or for my mortgage so that when I, when that job came to an end, I would hopefully have a little bit more saved up. So if I didn't work for a month, then I would have that you know that but it was covered I just did that instinctively really boring really boring but really instinctive <laughs> to just you know save you know it doesn't mean that I didn't buy things on credit cards and I didn't you know I, I went out and I had to get I had to have a computer for my um, when I was doing the graphic design uh, so I went out and 
put the you know bought the computer on a higher purchase so I was paying that off every month for a year uh, and then at the end of it I'd also saved a little bit of money every month so I could pay the whole lot off and not you know so it was being clever with credit um, um, and making investments in your business and investing in yourself in training and those sorts of things that's that's how I've managed it really um and yeah, just been quite sensible. Not like I said before, we based our lifestyle on on one of us working when we decided to have children. So now that we're both working, we we reap the benefits in that, and that's you know it's nice. We can go out a little bit more and all of those things. So yeah, um, that's brilliant. And yeah, and, and yeah. do you save not just for the rainy days and the lack of work, mm. um, especially because rainy days involve a lot of crayons? <laughs> yeah. um, but are you able to save for? you know when when you're an old lady walking well, back and forth <laughs> well my husband uh is also um as i said he's also a freelance and he is if i've been sensible with money he's like uber sensible and so pensions i've just it's boring not interested i find it really dull but he is being really sensible and he is putting aside money for our pension um and so that's in the last year that's happened and we are starting to save that money as well so yeah we are we're in a position now where we can um you know most most things that i think are covered we've got life insurance and all those yeah. uh, you know all of that stuff is all is all covered now so just got to keep working to <laughs> out of interest then since you're both freelance do mm. you have that sort of insurance where if you were unable to work mm. you know like i don't know you broke your arm or whatever yeah that um, you weren't able to work have you got that sort of insurance? Yeah, we do have something like that, but we don't have the I think the long term critical illness or something like that. I think we didn't qualify for that because we're um, so unhealthy. <laughs> yes, exactly. They're not insuring us. <laughs> you drink how much red wine? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're uninsurable. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, we do this thing where you're going to give me three facts. All right. Two of them are true. One is not. Okay. Last week was the first time ever that I got this right. Right. Uh, although, if you listen back to it, I don't cheer and scream and have the brass band that was on standby as as I had hoped and the confetti cannons because that was the first one I'd filmed uh, recorded at night and so the kids were asleep upstairs. So, like, when I got it, I was like, yeah! I just, it's such an anticlimax. It was like... You know, send the dancing girls home. We'll we'll have the open top bus parade another time. But anyway, <laughs> I'm going to try my best. So okay. three facts, two of them are true, one is not. I'm going to figure out the lie. Oh, right, okay. So uh, the first one is that when I left university, my mum uh, was very concerned that if the freelance thing didn't work out, I should have something to fall back on. So I went and did a florist course. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so i have got up my sleeve um a uh a backup career should i need it which i haven't needed it just yet but it does come in handy uh on set it can do a florist course okay yes. um and then the uh the other one is one of my jobs this is a few years ago when i was doing standby art directing which is when you are the kind of you're not the designer but you're the art director on set so you solve problems with props or um you know uh issues that may come come up you're there and you kind of think on your feet mm. uh, and we were filming in an old air airfield in Hertfordshire and we were filming this old bomber plane and it was frosty uh 
and the sun was just about to come up because you always arrive really early. And and the uh, DP and the director said to me, because the plane was all frosted and the airfield was frosted, and they were like, Sam, what, how, what are you going to do? Can you do something about the, the frost? I was like, it's a massive <laughs> airfield and the sun's going to be up in like 10 minutes. So why don't we just wait for the sun to do its thing? And they were like, no, no, we haven't got time. We haven't got time. And so I had to go and get as many brooms as possible from the airfield and I had me, my prop boys, and most of the crew brushing the plane <laughs> <laughs> to get all the frost off. And then the sun came up and melted the rest of it. So it was fun. You have de-iced the plane. A plane, yeah. Not very successfully. It didn't look very good. But then the sun managed to do the rest for us, which is good. I have de-iced a plane. That's a nice, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the last one is um, my first job back to... Um, uh, sort of, back, well, getting into working commercials was a uh, was a bit of a baptism fire because the uh, commercial was a huge campaign for Waitrose, <laughs> um, and uh, I'd never done a commercial before in my life. And the first one I did was with Delia and Heston um, on a on a very big, large campaign, and it was terrifying. Every time I went, I drove past the big posters. I wanted to be sick. <laughs> Florist de-iced the plane. So, so what is that last fact? What does the, the um, you worked the first you worked on an advert for Waitrose and you were nearly sick. The first commercial that I did. Oh my god, was like the biggest commercial. Was a massive you... campaign. I haven't done anything that big. So, right, fair point. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting the magnitude of that now. Yeah, uh, you didn't so just than it being like a little uh, I don't know deodorant commercial. It was like it was quite a big campaign it was a massive very- christmas campaign sort of thing it wasn't for- christmas no but it was big oh, do these all sound utterly convincing uh de-iced i de-iced a plane <laughs> florist why would you have trained to be a florist you just spent three years training except that you didn't actually train on your university course you said this to do what you do no, that was just a good umbrella to work out what happens on film sets. And your mum's <laughs> sensible. She knows about the self-employed world. She thought mm-hmm. you better have a backup. So she obviously looked at what you'd achieved in three years of university and thought, <laughs> oh, dear, you're screwed. You need to... Have you ever thought about flowers, maybe, Sam? <laughs> so you trained... It... What is there a technical term for being a florist? Yeah, being a florist. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it's trying to tri- trip you up. Sorry, then. trying to trick me. Yeah. No. Um, right, I think Heston and Delia is true. Di's the plane. You see, I think that's true as well because I can imagine TV people being that ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they can so be. I don't think you're a florist. Oh, you're right. I'm not a florist. Yes. <laughs> Two in a row. Where's fanfare? Well, I sent them packing. It, 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 I had them on hire for the first time it happened. Didn't realise I'd need them this week as well. Aww. You de-iced a plane. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that was really annoying. That was a, that was a low point. <laughs> <laughs> if, um, if I see, I normally say, if you were to say something to your younger self, what would you say? But it might well be something that you might say to your kids, because after all, it seems to be, um, freelance seems to be inherited. Um, yeah. So what would you say to your younger self? Um, well, advice about being freelance. Freelance, yeah. Well, <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Just anything. Yeah. There's lots of things I'd say to my younger self. <laughs> Stay clear um, of that bloke in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, dye your hair pink. <laughs> All of those things. Um, 
I don't, I think I was really, like I said, I was quite sensible with uh, being freelance because I never wanted a proper job. So it was always, uh, uh, you know, it was just the way I was expecting to live in that kind of, uh, it never worried me. I always thought a job would come from somewhere. And so my advice would probably be, don't worry, a job will come from somewhere. (laughs) Um, And you often get that feeling of like, I'm never going to work again. You know, that's that's never gone away. That thing you think, oh, did that job not go that well? Um, Am I, that's it, I'm on the scrap heap now. And then something comes out of the blue. It has done every time, touch wood, it's come out, out of the blue. And it might be a little bit slightly off what you'd normally have done. You know, like with the commercials, when that came in. I'd never done a commercial before. And then that opened up a, a, a whole door of, of a, a sort of freelance life that was quite manageable for me, which was great. And I never, I didn't seek it out. It just kind of came, which is great. Um, and then last year I ended up doing a little event, which I'd never done before, art directing an event for a, a baby food restaurant. It was like a pop-up shop. Um, and I'd never done that before. It was really interesting, really fun. It was hard work, actually. It was long, very long hours, but that was something different. So something new will always come along. Um, and then if it doesn't, you, I suppose that's when you kick in and you start looking for, you know, looking yeah. for work. Um, yeah. And uh, don't be worried about, don't worry. I think I probably tell myself not to worry too much about things. Be nice to people and try and work with people that are nice to you. <laughs> Uh, this is all sound advice. Do you think it's it's helpful, or maybe it's just inevitable, and maybe you've never known anything different? But like, um, obviously, you've ended up uh, marrying somebody who's kind of in the same boat as you. Mm. I think it's inev- inevitable <laughs> um, because you. I mean, I didn't meet any. I didn't socialize outside of work when I was younger. It's so you do 12 hour days you're on set with these people more than you're you hang out you're with these people more than you are with your own family and with your friends. I mean Mark my husband laughs now about when he's working he spends more time with his best boy and his rigging gaffer than he does with me and the children. You know and so it, you form these relationships with people and I lot there's lots of uh, marriages and babies that have come out of the film industry. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think for me, it was probably inevitable, but it's great because Mark understands my hours. I understand his, there's no question if he has to go on a recce at the weekend, that's fine. You know, if he's got to work at the weekend or he's got to work late or he's got to work nights, I just get it. And he gets it back. You know, that's one argument we don't have to have because that's, work and that's what happens I think if I had someone who if I was with someone who had more of a a nine-to-five job or didn't understand my hours that would be very um difficult I've heard of other people who've had difficulties with people accepting that the people are married to their job sometimes you know it might only be three months but you don't um you know you have to give that commitment to your work it's so demanding you know is there any uh blog posts or apps or a book or something that you recommend or couldn't do without? I couldn't do without my VAT calculator. (laughs) Seriously, 
I have to do big budgets and stuff like that. And that, that's a really, I love that app. That really has changed my life. Um, I did, uh, I did a call about two years ago. I um, got a bit of software called SketchUp, which has changed my life completely because it's, I used to hand draw all the sets and, you know, I can draft and I used to do them all by hand. Uh, but now SketchUp, you, you, plot all your dimensions in and you draw the set in the same way and it turns it into a 3d model so you can kind of navigate around it you can do camera angles and um cool. oh it's so cool and I really enjoy I'm such a geek I really enjoy it and I did lots and lots of practice on it and I mean I'm not by any means brilliant at it there are some people that are really staggeringly good at it but it does it does what I need it to do um and so that that would be some advice I'd give myself the, a younger me is just to keep I guess keep training keep learning new skills because as daunting as it is you know it took me a year to bottle up, to get the courage to buy SketchUp and try it because I was scared of the technology but it's just I love it now it's changed my life so I definitely that's helped me cool thank you so much uh, you can check out the show notes for this at beingfreelance.com if you've enjoyed it uh, then please do uh, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever because it helps other people find us and uh, you know share the love with other people tell those lovely people that you work with about this and then they can listen to um, where can people find you online Sam oh I've got a website at samclarkhall.com <laughs> excellent um, Sam thanks so much for chatting about being freelance it's a pleasure. Thanks, Steve.